0: In commemoration of Veterans Day and to honor the members of the U.S. military, military veterans, and the memory of those who have sacrificed their lives in service of the United States of America, our show today is about a very special organization called Dog Tag Incorporated. You know, Craig and I are really very excited to speak with Megan Ogilvie today. She's the chief executive officer of Dog Tag Inc., And this unique organization seeks to provide a transformative opportunity for service-disabled veterans and their caregivers by offering an education in a partnership with Georgetown University and real-life work experience in their small business venture, Dog Tag Bakery. Upon completion of the program, transition veterans are business-ready, they're competitive and employable, and many of them actually go on to start their own small business ventures, joining the ranks of almost 3 million entrepreneurs nationwide. Now, I have had the honor of personally working with some of these service-disabled vets and their family members. And let me tell you, these are some brilliant and determined people, and they are so grateful for the opportunity that Dog Tag provides. And I'll tell you what, the coffee and the goods at the bakery are also out of sight. So if you're ever in D.C., you need to check out Dog Tag Bakery in Georgetown. Fantastic. Fantastic. So back to our friend Megan, she's going to be talking to us today about the history of this great organization and their inspiring mission and impact on those they serve, and what every business owner can do to support entrepreneurs in the marketplace. Good morning, Megan. Welcome to Business Owners Radio.
1: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Megan, tell us about Dog Tag. What inspired this idea?
1: So our organization is Dog Tag Inc., And it's really the the brainchild of two socially innovative visionaries, Father Richard Curry and Connie Milstein. Both of them have lived their lives focusing on people in need and finding various ways of empowering them by basically teaching a man to fish mentality. Father Curry is born missing his right forearm, who's a Jesuit brother, who also uh, became a baker for the community. And he started his own nonprofit called the National Theater Workshop with a Handicap where he focused on people with disabilities earning the art and craft of theater as a form of empowerment. With that, he also started utilizing his baking skills and taught that to those in his program and began selling some of his breads over the holidays. And he saw what that did to the human spirit of those that were going through his program and then kind of had a new purpose in the sense of creating product that was then being sold and bringing joy to people's life, but also you know earning an income. And so he saw the value what that brought. Connie Milstein herself ran a bakery in Mount Kisco, New York. She's a very successful businesswoman, but an even more generous philanthropist. She's truly someone that kind of leads by our heart. And so she ran a bakery in Mount Kisco as a for-profit that focused on bringing women in and hiring them to help them get back on their feet, whether it was get off of welfare or earn an income to be able to go back to school or get health coverage. And so, again, she used this bakery model as a form of getting them back on their feet. After 9-11, Father Curry started working more and more with veterans. 2004 to 2008, there was the most amputations, unfortunately, and, and biggest injuries due to the, the larger battles that were happening. And so Father Curry started working more and more with veterans. And so then he actually decided to shut down his nonprofit after he created a Wounded Warriors Writer's Workshop, a mouthful, and started going around to work with different veterans that wanted to tell their story, and he would help them. He has his Ph.D. from NYU in theater, so he would utilize his theater abilities to actually help them tell their narrative and help them find their voice. So he ended up moving down to Washington, D.C., right around 2010. He became an adjunct professor at Georgetown, teaching theater and the Catholic imagination. Very interesting class. And at that same time, Connie started championing the efforts of military families, so much that she actually helped start up another organization, Blue Star Families. So these two visionaries were kind of meant to be partners. And over the course of 10 to 12 years, people tried to introduce them, but it never really clicked until Dog Tag came about. Father Curry had the partnership with Georgetown University, specifically the School of Continuing Studies. He wanted this education aspect, but he also wanted the bakery aspect and being able to provide job opportunities and job training. Connie shut down her bakery in Mount Kisco, but wanted to have her product continue to support those in need. And so she and Father Curry met, and Dog Tag Bakery was created. So there's a lot of great organizations out there, but, you know, we truly find ourselves in this place where we have two visionaries that have led a life learning different lessons within the nonprofit world, but also working with those in need and support and finding honorable ways of empowering them to then move forward with their life.
0: So clearly these two had the right ingredients to pull together to make this bakery. And how was it that a bakery in particular was the right vehicle for what they wanted to do in the world?
1: It's a great question. Well, Father Curry himself, he actually wrote a book called The Secrets of Jesuit Breadmaking. And he always talks about as baking and specifically bread as kind of its own form of prayer or therapy. And it's a way in the military specifically, you're given very specific tasks. You're told where you're going to be stationed, what time to get up, where to report, what to wear. And when you're transitioning out, you don't have those, right? You're now in the civilian world where the world is your oyster, but you never lived in that kind of life frame. So what the bakery is able to do is that when you come in, you know, baking is a science. You have to follow directions. And so there's comfort in that, right? There's comfort in following a recipe and a product uh, at the end of the day coming out exactly how it's supposed to. And that creates a little bit of order. But it's also a place where when you're in the kitchen and you're cooking and you're, you're able to actually just do the process, you focus on that task itself. And, and it does give some type of solace in the general chaotic world of life. The other aspect is that Father Curry and Connie both really wanted to create an opportunity where the military and the civilian world come together. So there's a great quote that they said, is that nobody goes to a bakery to be mad. And it's a really simple quote, but it's really effective in the sense that we have a bakery where we have people come in every single day and they come in to enjoy you know a great pastry or great coffee or whatever it might be. But they look around and they see a dog-tag chandelier. They'll look around and they'll see the word veteran all over or military spouse. They'll see flags and then they start asking questions. And then we get to talk about our program. And it provides a really simple way of talking about who veterans are, what the needs are and the support for maybe a demographic that doesn't necessarily know about veterans or the military world. And so it's been an awesome opportunity for us to kind of have these very simple conversations and introduce the conversation between the divide of the military and civilian world.
0: That's amazing. You mentioned the dog tag chandelier. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So one of the features in our bakery is that we actually have a a small stage, um, and that was definitely a Father Curry addition. But above it, with Connie as well, is this dog tag chandelier. And so what we do is that we actually have a chandelier made of dog tags, and you can come in and make a donation and then be able to honor someone that either has served or is still serving. We got that idea from the Vietnam Museum in Chicago, where they had about 17 times the size of ours, but representing every military service member that was killed in Vietnam. So it was over 50,000. Ours is 3,456. But it's a way of honoring anyone that has served or is serving. It's a tribute. We also think it's beautiful. On the stage, we also have a Vietnam-era dog tag machine, which is also kind of symbolic of, obviously, what we do and who we represent and who we work with directly.
2: And Megan, a returning disabled veteran, how do they become aware of dog It's
1: a great question. As a young organization, we launched our program June 16th of 2014. So we are, in some ways, fairly new. The bakery itself opened December 6th of 2014. So we actually ran the program before the bakery was even open. So what we've done and we've worked really hard for is that we started a conversation with the different warrior transition units out of Fort Belvoir, Quantico, and obviously Walter Reed. We started reaching out to other nonprofits, veteran service organizations in the area and talking with them about trials and tribulations. And we just started building up, obviously, our own credibility and brand. And so we worked really aggressively to recruit our first pilot class that started again in June of 2014. And now, as we are graduating our fourth class, November 17th of this year, and already you know, finalizing our class for our January session of 2017, also word of mouth that's also traveling, but we worked really hard to work well with other veteran service organizations and nonprofits, So we work together in them promoting our fellowship. The VA is another federal entity that we work with directly. Hire Our Heroes is a great opportunity for us. They are through the Chamber of Commerce, so we utilize their resources. But for us, we want to be not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. So referrals from graduates is also a huge aspect that we feel fortunate to have. And I think for any business or any organization or program running, you really have to kind of create your own brand and create credibility about what you do. And then once that happens, it doesn't become completely easy, but it definitely helps kind of push you forward in the recruiting process and getting more candidates that really fit the bill for what this program can do.
2: Megan, tell me a little bit more about the fellowship program.
1: So as I mentioned, Father Curry and Connie Milstein coming together with this idea of education, employment and empowerment and so what we've created is a five-month fellowship program we recruit veterans that have service-connected disabilities spouses and caregivers also we have our third translator combat linguist in our program and what happens is that we recruit them to come into the fellowship program in which they go through seven different courses all taught by georgetown professors this happens twice a week so twice a week they're in a classroom above our cafe and kitchen where they get to learn the principles of management, marketing, accounting, finance, business policy, entrepreneurship, and communications. And so these are all taught by Georgetown professors. So twice a week they're in class and upon successful completion of each course, they have to complete all seven. They will graduate at the end of five months with a certificate in business administration from Georgetown University to the School of Continuing Studies. So, you know, you asked me before about how we recruit. So once we recruit them and they get into the program, we enroll them at Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. So Monday through Thursday, nine to four, the program runs. Six hours a week is the class time. And then what we do is we have what we call rotation, and that's about nine hours a week. Rotation involves about four areas of our management of our business and organization. Front of house with our general manager, back of house with our executive pastry chef, accounting with our business manager, and then marketing and grant writing with our director of development. So these four areas of management, each of our, our fellows will spend five weeks in each area. The goal of that is that they get the opportunity to work within a small business, understanding the needs and demands of everyday operation. Whether it's working with our executive pastry chef to create a product for a holiday item, do the sourcing of ingredients, doing the costing out of ingredients, doing the labor cost, really understanding what it takes to actually create and the cost of it all. Our general manager, you'll we'll work on a lot of human resources, a resume review Even sitting in on an interview for a new staff member, but also scheduling and what that looks like and kind of the logistics of running a front of house. Accounting is, you know, looking at six months worth of expenses, learning to put them in the various cost centers, but seeing how much it costs to run a business is really essential. And then the marketing and kind of grant writing, obviously marketing is a social media, the newsletter, but the, all the different you know, various pushes that we put together just to get our name out there constantly. And then the grant writing and donor prospecting to understand how do we recruit new donors? What do we look for? What are grants that would be an asset for us to be able to utilize? So the goal of the rotation is really getting the ability to see inside of a business and nonprofit with the security of not having to actually run it. And so we have the education at Georgetown. We have the rotation in, in the organization. This is what The last part is what we call Learning Lab. And this is where we bring in, whether it's workshops from Deloitte or PwC or our professional veterans that are running their own professional small business like Fred Wellman from Scout Comms, or it's entrepreneurs and small business owners coming in. The goal of the Learning Lab is to really be able to bring in resources to understand what the opportunities are out there what people are doing and so it's not feeling like you're pigeonholed to do the same thing that you did in the military now in the civilian world it's saying have this entrepreneurial mindset of understanding that you can go out and if you see a problem or you see a hole in the system somewhere and you know how to fix it that's kind of entrepreneurship you know it's entrepreneurial mindset if you go into a business that you are now a staff member at, but you see that there needs to be more logistics or problem solving, it's kind of the entrepreneurial mindset of understanding what that looks like and being able to address it. So we also have this holistic approach with the learning lab in our program is that once a month there's yoga. We have reflection papers that are due because it's five months and it's again, Monday through Thursday, nine to four, it's, it's packed. And the goal is, is that you're going through a lot and you're transitioning. And the point is to really own that and understand what that looks like. And it's not for me to start defining what your success looks like, but for you to understand what opportunities are out there what the resources and the tools and the network that's out there for you to be able to make that decision and start down that path with obviously our support the entire time. As a nonprofit, we pay for the program, pay for the certificate from Georgetown, the books, the laptops while in the program. And we don't want it to be a financial burden to be in our program, so we actually provide a small stipend each month just to make it financially stable in some means to be in the program. But with that, we demand and really try our best to set up the realistic expectations of the civilian world. So, you know, you have to be there Monday through Thursday, 9 to 4 and you have to be present and active. And that's something that we're still working on constantly and making our program more efficient and working smarter. But it's a full, robust program that whatever you put in, you're going to get out, and that's what we want. You know, in its own right, the American dream of if you work hard in our program and you take advantage of the opportunities that we put in front, you can do whatever you want, and you will have our support. Our goal is that those that come in that want to start their own business walk out saying, I don't want to do that. I want to do this because that is too much work. Or it clearly defines exactly what they want to do, and they do want to start their own, but they at least have the more realistic view of of what it takes. You know, I don't hide my stress at the bakery or at the office above it. You know, the reality is, is, like, this is what it looks like. In most days, it takes everything you have.
2: And what is the process to be accepted into the program?
1: So we start with an online application, and that's through our website at dogtaginc.org. So, um, it's a normal online application, demographic questions. And then we ask some small narratives about why you would want to be in the program, what has led you to the program, and what your goals are. From there, one of the criteria is post 9 11, again, veteran that has service connected disabilities, spouse or caregiver. Our senior program director will give you a phone call and you'll do a phone interview. If that goes well, the next step is you come into the bakery, into the program, and you actually have an in-person interview with myself, and I'm the CEO for the organization. So we have a one-on-one. And then the next step is that we've actually created a committee with our board of directors that's comprised of five of our board members, some civilians, some veterans, that do uh, their own interviews. And the goal is is that if you're getting passed through the program director, the CEO, and to the board. Then it's kind of from top down, everyone's had an opportunity to say yes or no, this is a good fit, or this might not be a good fit. And it's really important for our board members to be a part of that as they are supporting our organization and help direct it and lead it. So it's a rigorous process in some ways because it's a total of three interviews, but it's a personal one. You're not getting passed off to just some random person. (laughs) It's the direct personnel that run the organization from top to bottom.
0: Megan, what brought you to Dog Tag? (laughs) Dog Tag?
1: Good question. I come from a Marine Corps family. My father, Malcolm Ogilvie, served 26 years in the United States Marine Corps. He was a Naval Academy graduate in 68. My sister was a Naval Academy graduate in 94, and she served in the United States Marine Corps as well for six years before she got out. So I come from the military background, for sure. I was fortunate to play soccer in college and got that opportunity. So my dad, in his very wise ways, said, you know, Megan, you'll find your way to serve. Don't force it. Just find it. And so what happened is I went to school, played soccer, played abroad, and then I ended up going to New York and landed a job kind of crazily in finance. I worked at Lehman Brothers. I started at the ripe age of twenty-three as a receptionist <laughs> and then worked my way within about eight months into the middle office equities analyst desk. And I had no idea what an equity was, by the way. I was a sociology major. <laughs> but you know. I kind of enjoy that adrenaline push. So I uh, ended up working at Lehman Brothers until the crash. And then I went to Barclays and continued doing it. And then transitioned to Macquarie, which is an Australian firm. I was an executive assistant to two global heads and was a project manager for their team. I was trying to find my way, to be honest with you. I love New York, and I was there for six years. And then one day I get a call from my roommate from college. All four years of college, she played basketball. And she said, I know this is going to sound crazy, Megan. But there's a one-armed Jesuit priest in Washington, D.C., trying to start a nonprofit for veterans through a bakery and through an education at Georgetown. Would you be interested? <laughs> it's like, like, where's the joke? Where's the rabbi? There's got to be something as a follow-up to <laughs> this. And I yeah. sent my resume because I was like, this is crazy, but I love it. And I, I was missing passion in my life in regards to work. It's good to know that you can work 60 hours a week in a job that you don't have passion for and still do a good job of it but I don't think it's a sustainable way of working. And so I didn't hear back from him when I sent my resume. And that's like not a good sign if a priest doesn't even give you a call back. But I was kind of relentless and so he actually officiated her wedding. I met him at the rehearsal dinner and by the end of the weekend had convinced him that he needed me. And he didn't have any staff member at the time. He had just moved to DC about maybe two years prior. He was trying to get this idea off the ground, but had never had someone full time working for him. So that was in late 2011. I moved back to Washington, D.C. in March of 2012 and started working with Father Curry with this idea of dog tag. And then we met Connie Milstein in March of 2013. Nothing's been the same since.
0: Sounds like an incredible journey.
1: Yeah, you know, it really resonated with me because of my father and sister's service. But it also really resonated because of my mom you know, we moved, I think, 13 times by the time my dad retired. I was born at Fort Balboire because we were stationed at Quantico. I moved to Camp Lejeune, to Carlisle, to Okinawa. And then we moved back to Quantico in Virginia. And then I turned five. So this is something that really resonated with me. And I wanted to be able to be part of serving in some way. And like I said, my father said, you'll find it. And when I met Father Curry and I heard his passion, And then we met Connie and her passion behind it. It's become my passion now and kind of my goal, as well as our entire staff. I mean, this takes a village, as you all know.
2: So Megan, as CEO of this great organization, how does Dog Take Bakery and the foundation differ from other small businesses you've run across?
1: It's a great question. and. We see ourselves as a socially innovative business, but we're really a non-profit, we're really a program. Our product are our graduates of our program. So our goal has always been to run the most efficient and successful business in order to serve the program in the most successful way. Our goal is that when people walk in and have this delicious treats and product, obviously, that is also a reflection of what our program is able to do for our fellows when they go through the rotations or when they work within an area of the business. Now, we work diligently to be productive and lean in our costs. The goal is is our bakery covers itself. So it's not a weight on the nonprofit. And it's all a nonprofit. The bakery is a nonprofit in its own right. So we're constantly making sure that the fellows in the bakery are aligned and constantly part of the same mission. So we approach it differently. Our our executive pastry chef is also a teacher. Our general manager is managing a business, but he's also teaching constantly. So, you know, our goal is not to expand and open up bakeries all over the country. Our goal is to expand and open up more fellowship programs all over the country. So we have a different view of what success looks like. Success is definitely running an efficient business, but it's definitely at the request of making sure that the fellowship program is running successfully. So it's definitely a different model than most, and I think it's actually the only model in the country. that we have it set up this way. So in some ways, we really focus on our product and being our fellows and not just our delicious croissants.
2: And I'm sure you have some great graduates and some great stories to go with them. Can you think of one that comes to mind?
1: Yeah, I'm grateful that I can think of more than one. Can I focus on, we have one military spouse. Her name is Jimena Rozo. She's from Colombia originally, and she married an Army foreign affairs officer who's still active And what's happened with her is that they were um, stationed in New York. So she got her master's from Pratt. She was a consultant for Boeing. She had 15 patents with Boeing. And then as the military does, they get stationed somewhere else. They move twice in one year. She gratefully gets pregnant, which is a wonderful joy to their family. But then her husband gets stationed abroad with no family. So she goes from being a successful businesswoman in the heart of New York, working as a consultant designing airplanes for Boeing, to a stay-at-home mom, which she was grateful for, but with no business. And she couldn't get a job because they moved every two years, or they moved twice in one year. And it's really difficult for military spouses in general. So they got stationed in Washington, D.C. She met us at a Hiring Our Heroes fair through the Chamber of Commerce. She came into the program, and she devoured it. I can't emphasize that enough. She took advantage of everything. And with that, she's now launched her business called Jimena Roso Design. She graduated almost a year ago to the date and since then has built up her business plan. She has now launched her design out of New York. And what they do is they create customized textile designing of pillows, of throws. And her goal is that she creates beautiful pieces for your home. So... For her, she moved all the time, right? But every time she moved, she always had to create a new home wherever they moved. So her products give a sense of home. They give a sense of warmth everywhere you go. And they're easily packable and movable that's also part of her life but what's also is that she actually sources everything from colombia her native country and she's also um, employing and empowering 70 women down in colombia who source the textiles and then create the product and so for the whole year all profit goes back to the organization supporting these women and she makes a small royalty fee for the first year and so she's now launched her business but guess what they just also got orders to move so now she's in columbus georgia But it's not a problem because her business is online. She's able to operate out of anywhere she wants. And she's now not only a mom and a wife, but she's also a successful businesswoman. We gave her tools, we gave her resources, but I didn't go out and do any of that, she did. And that's the goal of our program. If you want these tools and you want these resources and you'll use them, the world's your oyster. You can create your own textile designing line out of Columbia and be able to do it all over the world. So she's one of our success stories. We have a lot and those that are just successfully transitioning back into the workforce and reengaging in their community. We have a veteran farmer, a motivational speaker. We have someone that started their own production line. And we have those that understand where they are today, but they also understand where they want to go. And they're reengaged back into their family and their community. And that wellness aspect for us could not be more of a success story.
0: Well, Megan, that's such an inspiring story. And we are so grateful to have you as our guest today. Thank you so much for joining us
1: yeah i know it's an honor to be with you both and we're grateful to be able to share our story and continue to get the word out so thank you for the opportunity for sure
0: absolutely is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners
1: yeah if anyone is interested and want to just come check us out we're right in the heart of georgetown the address is 3206 grace street we're right on the corner of grace and wisconsin near the waterfront so come check us out we're open seven days a week So come in for some awesome coffee and breakfast or lunch or just a pastry. If you want to come in and be part of our Dog Tag Chandelier, you can come on in. We have cards that you can fill out in the store, or you can go on our website at dogtaginc.org, and it's under the donate page as well. And if anyone out there is interested in our program or knows somebody that would be interested in our program, again, please go to our website at dogtaginc.org, then check out under the fellowship tag. You can see the application online. And feel free to reach out to us as we're eager for some great applicants and eager to see what we can do with them. So again, I just really appreciated the time on today.
2: Keep up the great work.
1: Thank you both so much. Have an awesome day.
2: Our guest today has been Megan Ogilvie, CEO of DogTag, Inc. You can learn more about Megan in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. This episode has been sponsored by Align for Business at align4business.com.
0: Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show. And of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.